Alright everybody, welcome in. This is episode 8 of Hacked History. We are in the uh, 8th episode, because that's how counting works. Yeah. Uh, the, this beautiful man beside me is my friend Jake. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be switching up the uh, podcast a little bit this week with the way we're formatting it. Guess what? I did some research this week. That's a new one. Ooh. Why are you writing surprise? We I'm talked not about surprised. This. The problem is this. You always judge my research. I'm just going to sit here and say this to the audience. While Lucas shits on my research, I have emphatic trust in his ability to do this. You could, so, you, you where's said, your god now? You say I shit on your research, but I'd love to see the proof of that. Every episode since we started? You know what, audience, if you think I shit on his research, feel free to email us at hatchhistory101.gmail.com. <laughs> can, can, can we do a thing like uh, what, um, what American Idol does? Text the name to 00501. <laughs> Well, I don't have that set up, so well, that's a no. you better get cracking there, kiddo. Well, because you seem to think this is a big deal. Maybe you should be the one to... You know what? No. Nose goes. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care enough <laughs> to do it. I don't care. How about that? <laughs> you um, shoot back, man. Where's your god now? Well, he apparently is not here. But, you know what, I'm, but I love God, and, uh, you know, he's always with me, so that's not true, so. You're a good Christian boy. Yep. Okay, regardless, um, just a little quick housekeeping if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, our, he- our email you can get a hold of us at is hackchase 101 at gmail.com. Uh, big news in the future, uh, in the near future, I uh, begin setting it up this week. My intent was to get it done. I did not, uh, but because I'm lazy. But this next week, I, within the week, I will have our Facebook page up and rolling. So if you want to go and give us a like, we'd extremely appreciate that. We'd love to uh, communicate with some of you guys online. So if you want to go ahead and, and give our Facebook page a like, it should be up within the next couple of days. That would be amazing. Uh, Jake and I would both appreciate that. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah, smash that like button or whatever. <laughs> This is on YouTube. Um, Does it really matter anymore? Well, I would like them to follow the page so that I we. I would like to as well. So that we know we in have all uh, people out there. Please do follow the page because it makes us feel good inside. Uh, we're gonna do a bunch of fun stuff on there. Maybe do some trivia. Maybe uh, well, definitely we're gonna be posting uh, every time we upload a new episode, so uh, you can all be aware of that. Uh, then you can get, you can find us basically anywhere you can find podcasts. We're up on Spotify, Twitter, Apple Podcasts. Tune in. You oh. mean Stitcher, not Twitter. I said Stitcher. You said Twitter. Well, we're not on Twitcher. I'm not really quite sure what Twitcher is, but we're on yeah. Stitcher. It's your new platform um, you're making? Yeah. Uh, if you get a chance, go ahead and uh, hop on Podchaser and give us a review. It would help us uh, sort of get more noticed and uh, kind of making sure we're able to keep creating more awesome content for everybody out there. Uh, so with that being said, uh, this week we're going to be talking about who, Jake? Good old Tailgunner Joe. Tail Gunner Joe. We're talking about Joseph McCarthy. Yeah, oh, um, fucking son of a He's a, a bitch. pretty well-known figure for anybody who's from Wisconsin. Uh, we all learned about him in uh, in in uh, in school, and uh, we now have to deal with the fact that he's from our home state. Originally, they taught us to have a shrine of him in every household, similar to the baby Jesus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, as as later schooling would indicate, I did not get taught that. Well, <laughs> I don't know what teachers you were. In. Man, it was a wild ride in middle school. <laughs> what what middle school teacher taught you to have a shrine of Joseph McCarthy? What? Yeah, you just said it. it happened in middle school. It's, I want to hear teachers' names now. What teacher told you that? I technically can for sake of the fact they're all on the witness protection program. That sounds like a big lie, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? You got me. 
All right, we figure out. We got. We caught a liar. We got him. We got him. We got him. We got him. As it turns out, lies are going to be a massive theme of this podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm setting Mc- you up, ready to roll. Well, Joseph McCarthy made, basically made a career out of lying. Oh, oh yeah. And we're gonna kind of uh, we're gonna find that out. He's like the Logan Paul of the 1950s. <laughs> Yeah. Just lying and bullshitting and... Oh, my God. If Joseph McCarthy could have had a Twitter or a Oh, my God. He might. You know, we we currently It's basically Donald Trump's Twitter, but just... Just crazy. With a little bit more of a slant towards commies. Yeah. The commies that don't exist, surprisingly. Yep. Uh, So, anyway, uh, some uh, quick background upon the sort of of time period we're going to be covering. This is the really uh, sort of kind of dense stuff, but it's going to be important to understand this man's life. Uh, so, it's important to understand, we talked about this in previous podcasts, we're coming out of post-World War II, um, so Joseph McCarthy is going to be born, uh, before World War II, obviously, but the pinnacle of his career is going to happen, his political career, which is where most of, sort of, the, uh, money is made, we'll call it, is, uh, post-World <laughs> War II. Making money moves? Uh, the Yalta Conference is going to be that big meeting we talked about in our last podcast episode between the big three, where you have FDR, you have Churchill, and you have Roosevelt, sorry, not Roosevelt, I knew how no, it's still FDR at that point. Yalta is, is still FDR. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, because FDR then dies directly after that. Right, if I recall, you made the same mistake the last podcast. <laughs> no, you made the same mistake, and I corrected it, no, 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 and I... Then we fucked it up again. <laughs> okay, well, just for audience's sake, it's uh, FDR, Stalin, and Churchill. Yes. Those are the three. Uh, and, and that's um, sort of where some of the big contests... Uh, that's basically what starts the Cold War, essentially. Is That's basically the transition mark of... Okay, we have a lot of unseparable differences, and we're not going to be able to essentially work together and past World War II. That's when this, these sort of feelings start coming up. Uh, and then past that, you have the souring relations with the U.S. And, and the Soviets. So essentially, it's essentially it's basically, hey, we work together to defeat these massive evil, but uh, we still hate you. So. And, and sort of a side note, too, for most people, like, when does that start? It doesn't start actually directly right after the war's over. But it does pick up speed there. They actually started suspecting each other in 1945. Like, that was as early as it started happening. Yeah. When they were still fighting the Nazis and the Japanese was when we were still, like, with the Russians. Because Stalin now was becoming a lot less cooperative with us. And we well, were being a lot less cooperative. With yeah, us. and what you have here is the beginnings of the space race, which Ooh, is going to yeah. become a real big dick-measuring competition <laughs> for the two countries. <laughs> so, oh, okay, we just flew a chip into the air. Yeah. Oh, I put a metal ball! Space. Who can put the first what? satellite up there? Yeah. Why the fuck is he a Baptist preacher all of a sudden? I don't know. But praise Jesus now. Um, but essentially, that's gonna start. That really starts a lot of the rivalry between the two countries. Um, and out of that space race, too, you have um, sort of what really becomes like the other massive story to this is what's called or basically the trying to get Russia, trying to prevent Russia from having nuclear weapons, and then immediately pretty much. They got nuclear weapons, Uh, and the way that they did is pretty interesting, too. There's a lot of actually interesting stories out there if you want to... There are a lot of rumors of spying and espionage happening during this time, but there are also a lot of confirmed cases that it did happen. Uh, (laughs) Rosenberg's is a good example of that. Dude, that's the most famous one, but there are are plenty of examples out there. um, There's there's the example of the... um, Oh, God. I'm trying to think of the movie. Tom Hanks was... It was Bridge of Spies, where in that movie in Bridge of Spies, they had dealt with the fact that they were exchanging a spy, a Soviet spy in the United States for, like, I think it was Gary Powers. or I don't know exactly how much the movie was accurate, but the fact was, yeah, there was 
like in every, like small corners of big cities and in you know the well, government in mean, certain basically areas. Basically, the important part to realize is that the Soviets did not have the technology at one point. No, but they and, had to sort then, of get it. From but them. then they started kind of finagling some information here and there. You know, yeah. plans to certain parts yeah. of it, placing um, it together, and on top of which we have Operation Paperclip at the end of the war. war. So you have a lot of the Nazi scientists who worked on rocket programs and atomic weaponry, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they basically sort of scrambled to grab these guys before, like the Americans scrambled to grab them before the Russians could and vice versa. So. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, uh, the point I want to make out of that is um, what we're going to get coming out of this is what's called the Red Scare. Uh, and that, that that mainly, like, the height of the Red Scare is basically the early 1950s uh, to sort of late 1950s. The Red Scare is sort of a... Sort of a... People sometimes use this balloon term for, like... Witch hunt? That's something that, the Red Scare. Uh, witch what? hunt. What's that? Witch hunt? Well, they use the term witch hunt for real. Well, I just mean, like, some people, like, as far as time frame, like... I'm oh, just saying, oh, okay, yeah, 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 The peak of it, in the part that I would really describe as the Red Scare, is basically the 1950s. Yeah. Um, but, like, you could use it as a term representing just sort of communist fear throughout the entire Cold War. Um, but more accurately, in, in more the way I'm using here, we're specifically talking about the 1950s. Yeah, right uh, in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people do call it a witch hunt, um... I, the basic fear here is that there's basically two big fears. One, nuclear annihilation. Uh, so you have things like duck and cover. <laughs> Good old Bert the turtle there. Well, you, basically the idea of duck and cover, for anyone who doesn't know in the audience, is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, basically, if you think there's a nuclear weapon coming, they were taught to literally, like, if you're in a school, like, get on the desk. Cover your head. What a shitty it's way to basic, survive. It's basically like a modified tornado warning. Do they know what an atom bomb does? They didn't. No. It's the 1950s. These people did not understand. These people thought you could stand under one. It would be great. Well, I mean, like, to a point they understood because they understood a lot of people died in Japan and things well, like yeah, that. yeah, but they didn't. But, but they didn't grasp the full, like, the fact consequences that, of what would you happen. You mean the fact that... nuclear f- fallout. The fact that a fucking wooden desk would not help you. And yet they were still completely fucking spooked. So... They are spooked here. Oh, really yeah. They spooked. Uh, so nuclear, nuclear, Too annihil- for me. nuclear annihilation is the is the first threat, and the second big threat you have throughout this whole era is um spies, which we've already kind of covered a little bit. Uh, but uh, so the the idea of spies, as we kind of talked about, is actually justified. There were spies, and that yeah. was a valid concern, but not to the level at which people thought. Okay, so here, I, I to sort of back up what we were pointing out, there's some notable cases of it. I'm not going to read up what they are. If you want to, that's up to you to go and research it, but it'll give you some names. So there's a couple of these, like the Kim Philby and the Cambridge spy ring. Those guys actually were working for the Soviets, or they worked for Britain at the beginning, and then they started spying for the Soviets on intelligence Stuff like that. Rosenbergs, we already talked about. Those were the ones who started passing nuclear secrets over to the Soviets. And those two people actually were executed for espionage in the United States by Al- Electric Chair. And then Alger Hiss and the Pumpkin Papers, which I love that fucking nickname because it really papers. means really weird shit. And just as a slight highlight, um, probably somebody we will be talking about later, Richard Nixon got involved with that shit. So have fun with that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely cover Tricky Dick in another podcast episode. No worries, we'll definitely make sure we get to him. Um, the other, uh, this is, and, okay, and the other thing I want to point out about the Red Scare is that uh, during the 1950s is the point in time when we have Under God added to the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, God, because of course, yeah. But Jesus <laughs> involved in that politics there. Um, 
Yeah, Mixing Trojan State. That's the one thing people say we don't do in the United yeah. States. Even and though we it, literally did it. So uh, There are multiple examples of that happening. Fucking dropped the ball that. there, didn't we? Um, the other thing I wanted to explain, this is going to be a little bit more of a dry topic, but it's important to understand to sort of grasp the full idea of what's going on here. Uh, Wisconsin political culture. Uh, really briefly, you have basically two rings, wings of the Republican Party controlling Wisconsin all the way up until about 1946. Great. I love the one-party uh, rule of a state. Well, that is because, def- I mean, like because you have the, because you have the uh, Republicans who are yeah. much more conservative as they are today. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have the progressives, which are basically conservative, but just a little bit less right. conservative. Like conservative, but with a light beer. <laughs> well, I mean, they did, they did, they did uh, uh, actually spawn some liberal ideas. That's why yeah. they couldn't really fit fully into the Republican yeah. Party. Yeah, they were sort of like um, a moderate almost, but not quite. It's sort of. Kind of it's 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 definitely more right than the than the modern Democratic modern Party Democratic. is today. Um, but why this is important to understand is because uh, when Joseph McCarthy is going to get into uh, sort of national politics, uh, he's going to kind of use this to his advantage. So I'm gonna kind of we're gonna put a pin in that for now. Uh, I'm going to come back to it later when it's appropriate in the story, but it's just kind of important to know that that's the case uh, for all of our listeners out there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to head to the top. So uh, we're going to come out of the... Uh, so 1908, that's when uh, Justin McCarthy is born, November 14th. He's born in Grand Chute, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Uh, for anybody that's not from Wisconsin, uh, close to say it's by, it's basically at the tip of Lake Winnebago. It's, it's outside of Appleton. It's by Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right by Appleton, Wisconsin, which is located at the tip of Lake Winnebago. Yeah, right at the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Uh, McCarthy was born in a farm town uh, in Outagamie County. He was the fifth of seven children. His mother's name is maiden name is Tierney. Her first name is Bridget, so his name is Bridget Tierney. Nice. <laughs> that was a nice little. Awkward, That's an Irish name. Uh, and she, in, indeed, she was an immigrant from County Tipperary, Ireland. Oh fuck. <laughs> that was not. Uh oh, the Irish listeners are mad. So, uh, yep, I. That's gonna be a really bad pronunciation. That's the last time I'm gonna say it. But, oh. Um. McCarthy's father, Timmy McCarthy, was born in the United States, and he was the son of an Irish father and a German mother. Ew, so boy. McCarthy had a lot of Irish blood in him, yeah. got a little bit of German blood in him as well. Yeah. Uh, he dropped out of high school at 14 to help with the farm. Yeah, as uh, you do, jun- back jun- in the day. Sorry, junior high school. This was to junior high school. That's, I, a, hey. that's a mistake in my time. What my, the fuck uh, is wrong with you? <laughs> well, uh, I, I dropped the ball. <laughs> uh, but then he, uh, interesting enough, when at age 20, he's going to head back to high school, but this time in Manawa, Wisconsin, and he's going to graduate. Whoa, whoa, slow down. He, like, he dropped out of school 14, and then he graduated one year high school. That is the information that I've found, yes. Wow, dude. Our education system back in the day was just fucking letting anybody in. Well, I mean, it's... Okay, but... I, I do want to say that, like, it's important to realize what time period we're talking about I know, here. and we understand... We are in the age of potentially, like, just coming out of one-room schoolhouses. Basically. Actually, so, actually, as an emphasis, there were still one-room schoolhouses even when my father, who was born and lived... Or was born in the early 60s and lived through the 60s and the 70s, he still went one. So that's not exactly and crazy. Right, and it's and it's not unheard of that that, that, that high school in Manama, Manawa might not have been a one-room schoolhouse. Oh, Manawa probably. was not a big... It's not... It was not a big town. It's still uh, not a big no, one. No, it's not. It, those, I've been through Manawa. God love you, Manawa. But y'all need to just... Maybe more than a rodeo? I don't know. Well, the... Yeah, in Manawa. Manawa. <laughs> rodeo like in, the rodeo. in Manawa. I want to watch a clown get speared by some sort of steer. <laughs> oh, boy. 
right, so uh, McCarthy was admitted to the bar in 1935 uh, after he graduated from Marquette Law School. Uh, and then he's eventually going to be... Uh, he's gonna be he's eventually gonna be elected as the district circuit judge for the tenth district of Wisconsin. Okay, so as an example, or rather, not an example, rather sort of a clarification as to what Luke has just sort of explained there. The bar is the sort of passing point for most. If lawyers. you're gonna be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar. Right. If, if you can't pass the bar as a lawyer, you're not gonna be able to practice law. Now, when he moves on to being the district attorney as... Or, oh, I did I did actually want to... I had something I wanted go to ahead. clarify. Before he's district attorney, he does practice as an attorney okay. uh, in the state of Wisconsin, so you could hire Joseph McCarthy to be your attorney. Uh, a little McCarthy, f- McCarthy, and Gomez. <laughs> a little fun fact for you. Um, he ran... He ran. He launched an unsuccessful campaign for district attorney first in 1936 as a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> and did not win. See, that's the thing, though. People always interchangeably use it. They don't realize that the name changes. Like, for the Republicans in the Civil War are different from the ones now. Right. I mean, reasonably so. Uh, and then during his years as an attorney, McCarthy made money on the side by gambling. Nice. Yep. He as to- any law-abiding man would do. He liked to gamble. Yeah. So anyway, um, what I'm trying to explain was that uh, the circuit judge, for those of you who are not familiar with the, sort of the American civic structure, that you have the, the Supreme Court in a state, and then you have a number of these smaller courts, and these are circuit courts, in which case you will have like a district or a county or whatever it may be. I think it's districts in most cases. Yeah. It's and districts. what ends up happening is that being that judge means that you can decide on local cases, but also you are also part of the process where if you rule on a case and it goes higher, it would go to the state Supreme Court. So just sort of to make that easier to understand. What's interesting about that, too, is um, people fucking run for those partisan. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do. You're, 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 you're really not supposed to when it comes to yeah, the law. It's supposed fucking, to be blind. You're a fucking judge, but you have a political party. Hell yeah! <laughs> Which is America! <laughs> if you want to see some interesting stuff about that, uh, obviously we're not sponsored by anybody out there. John Oliver does some really good work John, on, yeah. uh, on judicial... John Oliver on the American judicial his, system. Is John Oliver going to shout us out in his next episode when he's not talking about Well, probably so. not, but you know, we can hope, right? One can hope. He'll talk shit about us and be like, you know, I mean, I, that would be okay with me. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned. Yeah. You know, it'd be an honor. Yeah. Be an honor to get shit on by John, John Oliver. <laughs> that just sounds like a really weird sex act. I'd love to get shit on by John Oliver. Well, someone's going to clip that. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Here goes one more time for the one more time for the Washington Post soundboard. <laughs> John, <laughs> so what is, <laughs> what is the circuit, Judge? <laughs> Uh, he's, he becomes the youngest circuit judge in Wisconsin history at that time. Oh, wow. Uh, he, <laughs> this, this one is really great. So, uh, he's running against, uh, the incumbent here, and the incumbent is 66 years old. Now, but McCarthy, the entire campaign, insists that this man is 73. What the fuck? <laughs> just cause disinformation. What the fuck? Just says, oh, this man's too old, he's 73. He's too old! <laughs> the entire time, this man is... Check his fucking birthday! <laughs> the entire time, the man is 66. Oh my god, man. So, this disinformation with McCarthy started real, Ooh, real early. Starting real good. Uh, so McCarthy wins, um, he gets a heavy backlog of cases, which is part of the reason that the people were just ready to not have that other incumbent be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he didn't do a whole lot, he kind of just had a lot of stagnant cases he didn't ever fucking rule on, so people were not chill about yeah. that. Yeah. I wouldn't be chill either. That'd be kind of irritating. So McCarthy got a heavy backlog. People used to criticize McCarthy because he tended to solve his cases really fast. Uh, he had, actually he had a specific. He's just good. That's all it is. He's just real good. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> uh, he but he wanted to get rid of the backlog to make himself look good essentially. Of course, yeah. Because he had to try to 
fix the problem, the shit show he inherited from the previous guy. Uh, one thing that people did note about him is he s- solved uh, divorce cases in a weirdly expedited manner. Really? Yeah. Like, Explain it to me. I, apparently, he just solved divorce cases really fast despite strict divorce law. There was literally a point in the article I was reading that mentioned that specifically. <laughs> and apparently, he was happily concerned about the children in those cases, and that was his number one concern. Which is good. That's slightly like, sketchy, but I can kind of see where he's coming from. But I know you guys are fighting, but what about the kids? It's <laughs> like, no, um, you weirdo. The part that kind of shit him a little bit is apparently he relied upon heavy briefings from the lawyers because he was not experienced that very much. Oh, of course. Uh, he passes the bar, like, what, in the early 30s? So by the time he gets his job, he has not had a long career of being a lawyer to fall back on? Not really, no. Uh, but then, it's the bar in the 1930s, which means it could have been way more loose than it is today. And McCarthy is going to get censored for the first time in his career Woo-hoo! in 1941 because he lost some evidence to, for a price for a price fixing <laughs> case. Get fucked. Uh, so that's his career as a district judge, and that's going to come to an end probably maybe a little shorter than he would have probably planned. Yeah. Because dun dun dun. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Yay. Boo. Michael Bay movie. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Do not watch that movie. It is a disaster. Michael Bay presents Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Explosions <laughs> and historical inaccuracies. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So World War Two. Um, McCarthy is actually going to enlist at the behest of one of his, uh, one of his uh, mentors. Is going to be like, hey man, I'm in the. I just enlisted in the Marines. Why don't you enlist in the Marines? So McCarthy's like, all right. So he enlists in the U.S. Marines. He's going to serve from. 19- all right. He's going to serve from 1942 to 1945. Uh, he's going to end with the rank of major. Uh, I didn't note this in my outline, but he actually got enlisted, uh, he got commissioned because of his collegiate degree, so he didn't go in as, like, a regular, uh, recruit. Like a grunt? He went in as an officer. Um, of course he did. Why wouldn't he? And he ended, he ended up earning the Distinguished Flying Cross. Uh, and then some more little details about his, uh, military career that are kind of interesting. Uh, so when he first started, he started as an intelligence briefing officer for a dive bomber squadron. Cool. So basically he gave... Bunch of knowledge to people who are doing knowledge. Okay, I'm sorry. I would be scared shitless if I knew Joe McCarthy was my briefing officer for my mission. Well, of the uh, see what you got. Where's the, all right, they say that there's about five ships out there in the harbor, but they're somewhere between 12 and 30. Why are you lying about this? There's pictures <laughs> what, to show. What you gotta do is you gotta find the commies on each ship there, and that. rip out their guts. No, Jesus Christ. He sounds like John Patton. We will grease the tanks! We will grease the treads of our tanks with their guts. That's a little morbid. The fuck? Him and Patton probably would have been friends. Dude, Patton, we should be the another person. He smacked a soldier with PTSD one day. That was... Oh, uh, uh, anyway. He didn't understand psychology. <coughs> oh, God. Psychology. That was the cigarettes. Just kidding. I don't smoke. Uh, I don't... I, I don't, don't smoke weed. No, 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 no. He doesn't. I don't do that. That's a joke, I people. don't smoke cigarettes or weed. Anyway, following <laughs> end of don't do weed, kids. Don't do cigarettes. <laughs> don't do cigarettes. I will not endorse those things. <laughs> following the end of World War Two, you will not endorse not doing weed. Ta- no, I won't endorse doing weed. Thank <laughs> you. Following the end of World War Two, <laughs> Joe attained the rank of major. He volunteered to fly twelve combat missions as a gunner observer, acquiring the nickname Tail Gunner Joe. Some of these nicknames and heroism were later shown to be. Aggregated or falsified, exaggerated or falsified, leading many of his critics to use Tailgunner Joe as a term of mockery. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly, a lot of people afterwards would use that term because ended up that it would be like the tailgunner on a bomber or something like that. That guy yeah. was usually the one guy who could always make up whether he shot somebody down. Well, see, here's the thing. This just goes along so far with his career of lying. 
You know, yeah. he's lying about the age of for some reason. I don't know lying why he about the his... age of the guy he's running against. And now I, I want to know the person who military for feats. him as the circuit judge and said, "Fuck it, that guy's seventy three. I can't do that." <laughs> Fuck it, 73 years old. That guy's... He's gonna die. Get off the bench. Get off the bench. (laughs) He just shoves him off the bench and breaks his old bones. Don't shove... Get off the bench, you old bastard! (laughs) (laughs) PSA for all the kids out there, don't shove old people. Don't do that. Don't do it. We're not advocating for that. So, so far, we're not advocating for... We're not advocating for cigarettes, weed, or shoving old people. All right, we're we're A-OK. We're good Christian boys. We're getting a check mark from the PTA Association for this podcast. <laughs> oh, you mean the PTA and the PTO, because they're the ones who make popcorn over at the school. <laughs> Excellent. I want some popcorn now. <laughs> anyway, uh, so in 1946, uh, actually a couple times, so Joe actually tries to run for the 1944 uh, Republican Republican nomination. He tries to run for the 1944 Republican nomination, but he ends up losing out. Uh, to the to the guy who ends up getting elected uh, to to us to the Senate. So there's one Republican Senate. Uh, 1946. He's gonna run again. This time against Robert Will Fallett Jr. Good old fighting Bob. Nope, that's actually fighting Bob's, Bob's son. son. Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, Jr. But if you're from Wisconsin and you know anything about the Fallets, you know there's still a fixture in state politics to this day. Oh, dude. Uh, Doug LaFollette, the Secretary of State for, in Wisconsin, is actually the third cousin and yeah. of, uh, of uh, Robert LaFollette Jr. I did a little research when I was doing a uh, University History 300 uh, research essay, and Robert LaFollette was like, or his dad, when he was around in World War One, was like the one dude who told people, like, would you quit your fucking around and blaming the Germans for measles? Like, he just, like, stood up in the Wisconsin, like, in the Congress seat and said, Knock this shit off! <laughs> Quit it! It's not true! Stop it! Uh, gotta love it. Anyway. He's such a cool dude. So, uh, 1946, he's gonna run against Robert LaFalle Jr., so the son of Fighting Bob. Uh, this guy is actually the founder of the Progressive Party of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, this is gonna actually, th- remember if you say it, remember if, uh, who remembers what I said earlier after I stopped fumbling my words? Uh... <laughs> 1946 is going to mark the end of the Progressive Party's appeal in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so you For can probably while. guess that Robert LaFala Jr. is not going to win this election. And indeed, yeah. he loses to Joseph McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy tends to talk about the fact that LaFala Jr. didn't serve in the war. is one of the main things he emphasized. And again, this is an age thing because LaFala Jr. was 46 at the Why point Pearl Harbor. Why is he Harbor so was... focused on age? Well, okay, so just let... it'll make sense in a second. Okay, go so ahead. So Pearl Harbor's bombed, and Robert LaFala Jr. is 46 at this point. But it's another one of those tricks that McCarthy ends up using as sort of disinformation because his little thing is, well, I signed up to fight, why didn't you? But at this point in time, McCarthy's probably a good, like, 10 to 15 years younger Junior, than LaFollette yeah. Jr. <laughs> Plus, I mean, depending on what LaFollette Jr.'s position was, if he was acting in the state government, he may not have been able to. And then LaFollette Jr.'s... And then the other the other thing that he has going against LaFollette Jr. is something about... He's like, well, I was off fighting. I couldn't profit from the, the war like you profited from your... Your you know businesses or whatever, and the file Jr. did profit from businesses, but it turns out not nearly as much as Joe McCarthy profited from the <laughs> stock market while he was fighting. <laughs> That's right, making that kizzash. So I mean, again, he's not surprisingly elected no. upon a fucking bed of lies. What a really weird similarity to fucking Trump. Is this not not just this is just weirdly so, similar? Quite honestly, when I was writing my so brief 
side note. Yeah. When I was running my History 300 paper here at the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, shout out! Yay! Uh, when I was running my History 300 paper, I was doing it on the 1952 election. That, so that's going to end up being Joseph McCarthy's second time when he gets reelected, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Of course. <laughs> I was writing that in November 2016, Jay. <laughs> and October, November 2016, <laughs> literally sitting there thinking, this cannot be... What's happening right okay, now? When you were writing yours, I was writing mine while they were blaming Mexicans for everything, and I'm writing a paper about people blaming Germans for shit that never happened in World War One. Like the similarities were like, oh fuck, it's gonna happen. <laughs> so history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it definitely it, builds off. Of it itself. fucking did in this case. Yeah, there's history. I wouldn't say repeats, but it definitely borrows from itself. Oh yeah, quite a bit. Like, like any bad rapper, it borrows from itself to make itself seem new. Yeah, so anyway, um, McCarthy's first term is going to be pretty quiet until about 1950. Mm-hmm. And in 1950, he's going to give uh, arguably the most famous speech he ever gave, and it's going to kind of catapult him out of the national stage. So he's going to give a speech at what's called the Ohio County Women's Republican Club. Uh, this place is... Of course. Is, yeah, exactly. As, as you do. As you do, you give speeches yeah. at the Ohio County Women's Republican Dude, Club. Dude, shout out to Ohio County, wherever that may it's be. It's in Wheeling, West Virginia, What Jay. the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, West Virginia? They can have an Ohio County. They can have an Ohio County a little bit similar like we have a California County in Upper Michigan. But West Virginia got so pissed off, they created an entirely new state. <laughs> so these fuckers don't give a shit. They'll literally create a new state because of this podcast. They'll split up into, like, North Virginia. So, what the fuck do you say, boy? Just cuts it up and drifts it into the Atlantic. So this speech is going to happen in February 1950. Uh, and this speech is going to give probably his most famous line ever, where he insists that there's 205 known Communist Party members working in the government of the United States. Specifically, he points out the State Department. Uh, and he's, he's quoted as saying, working and shaping policy. Mm. So essentially, it's, again, so going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, it's the, all the Red Scare bullshit where, oh, we have little spies everywhere. There's at least 205 of them in the government. Now, we did talk about the fact that there were some legitimate spies in the United States. Those were but, three specific examples compared but to... But not nearly the amount that, they, that McCarthy would love for you to okay, believe. Okay, so the concept here that we're trying to get into, just to sort of put people who are listening into this mindset, would be like, kind of like what would happen if people said like, everyone who had glasses or everyone who had some sort of sympathy towards a specific music brand was like a, an ISIS member. Like, the concept is completely unfounded, but what happens is if you find enough circumstantial evidence, people started to believe that there were communists everywhere. Because now you had a, you know, you'd have, you know, people or whatever everywhere. So in this case, where they're talking about these 205, right, they're basically looking at people like people who were professors, people who held socialist beliefs, people who were in labor unions, people who were... Well, not these specific people. Well, no, but these it would become specifically that. in the State Department. He's in the State here. Department now, but it becomes that other stuff It expands later. later, but he doesn't do that yet because he, no. he doesn't have the power for that yet. Yeah. The he, power? Well, essentially, he hasn't been vindicated yet. No. Don't worry, that's coming. He, Don't worry, he's going to make that, that mistake. Um, So the committee that ends up... Uh, by the way, I will give my personal opinion on what... McCarthy did at the end. It'll be kind of my wrap-up before we go into Jake's quotes. I'll kind of explain my opinion on McCarthy and what he did and sort of why he did what he did, um, but I want to get through the whole story before I uh, get to that. Uh, so the tidings committee is what this is, uh, is uh, going to be set up to sort of 
fucking investigate all this yeah, bullshit that McCarthy too. is out here spouting. Uh, sub, the subcommittee basically finds no evidence. Uh, and that's basically that. Yeah. Uh, basically. <laughs> and the job is done. But here's the thing. Away. McCarthy is not looked at as a heretic for fucking accusing all these people. Instead, it catapults him to fame. People are like, oh, this McCarthy guy, he's trying to root people out. And it's... There it's, is... Okay. It's... it's Okay. Just it's like Trump again. I, you're gonna see a lot he's of... He's shaking up the swamp. There's no fucking swamp. He's draining the swamp. This is the original draining the swamp. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Except for... Oh, okay, the, and I did laugh, but people do lose their jobs because Yo, they of this. Do, yeah. they their lives find, are good They don't find evidence, but a good deal of people do lose their jobs because of these investigations. Yeah. Well, because... Um, well, and that's going to continue to be a thing that happens. You know, these investigations are... People are not going to stop losing their jobs because of this, no. specifically. It's and, gonna, and what ends up happening is, even if you were not found to be communist, public opinion would be like, they suspected you of communism, so that was good enough for me, and the most, like cracker-ass way of handling of judicial investigation. Well, and we're not going to specifically talk about it on here, uh, on this particular podcast, but maybe in the, on a future podcast we'll talk about it, uh, is like the Hollywood, uh, the blacklisting of people in Hollywood yeah. uh, who literally could not make movies anymore after this. Or because, the NPAA, who I think worked NPA. alongside the Committee of Un-American Activities or whatever. You see, and maybe, that, maybe that's some stuff we should go into at some point, because there's a lot of juicy stuff, uh, anti-communism Hollywood oh, yeah. stuff. yeah. Um, that that gets into a whole other topic. Screenwriters Guild got hit real hard. That gets into a whole other topic, though. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll save that. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting about these and now the, the thing that the article was pointing out that I was reading was really uh, that was really intriguing was that they pointed out specifically uh, that these were viewed by the American public probably favorably because they were pointing out people who the American public thought were higher like elites. Yeah. They're pointing out basically people who they thought had it coming. Yeah, pretty much. It was like, you're rich, and you're famous, and you have an easy life. Fuck you. This is, yeah. What is going to become a problem is what he's going to shift to after the election. Um, We'll get to that. I'm not going to yeah. say anything yet. I'm not going to spoil it. Spoilers. I think you know exactly what I his downfall is going to be. Do, yeah. uh, there's actually a couple facets to it. One of them is going to be something I don't think a lot of our viewers are going to know about. So we're going to keep moving along here. Uh, 1952. Uh, what's interesting is the eventual president that's going to get elected in 1952, former General Dwight D. Eisenhower, yeah. is going to be quoted as saying about McCarthy, I will not get into the gutter with this guy. <laughs> Essentially saying that... Fuck that, no. Uh, he's, later quoted as, <laughs> he's later quoted as saying that he agrees with, 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 uh, with the ideals, but not with the process. Essentially saying he wants to root up communists, but not just like mistakenly charge people. <laughs> I don't know really if I can get behind him trying to justify that, because it's like, we're not communists. Okay, well, it's it's important to... So, I do have a little bit of political insight here. Go ahead. Uh, Democrats at this point were genuinely, at this point, not into sort of thinking that everybody could be a communist. It was yeah. mainly a Republican ideal. Yeah. Democrats might have had some of those beliefs, but not nearly to the extent of the Republican Party, which is probably why Eisenhower at that point was like, I want to rebuke McCarthy, but I'm not going to try right. to separate He's... myself completely from the party because it, I need to get elected. Probably, yeah, because of the election, right? It's yeah. the concept of, like, you know, and when you think about it now in America where a political belief need, is as sovereign to you as your First Amendment freedom of speech, which it basically kind of goes hand in hand, you know, to hear a president go, I don't, I like the concept, I just don't like the execution, and it's like, uh, you shouldn't like the concept either, but okay. Well, because here's the thing, um, 
right or wrong to get elected to anything in the United States. You do need to pander, yeah. You sort of need to conform to one of the major political exactly parties. Exactly right. That's just the you, story. You can that. have little differences, but if, even if you look at someone who's gotten extremely close, like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He still aligns with a lot of Democratic political party beliefs, and he's pretty radical. He's fairly left. But, yeah. but, he's still... <laughs> He's still, fucking patronize me. But, but... Hold up. Shut the fuck up. I'm talking. <laughs> but he's still... He still aligns with a lot of the core Democratic Party beliefs. Oh, yeah. Because he has to. To get elected. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't work for him because he was too far. So the point being, you don't have a lot of wiggle room in American politics yeah, to... If you want to get elected, that is. Which is nice like, way so to he, handle that devil's advocate part there. That was good. Hey, thanks. <laughs> uh, hey, I am pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good. All right, well, fuck it. I take that back. <laughs> hey, this is my first time doing research. I'm not too bad at this thing. Yeah, I can do it better than you. <laughs> this is like, look directly at me. Looks like my research is better. All right, well, you can fucking do all of it, though. <laughs> 1952. Uh, so I could talk about this for eons, but I'm not going to because it's not the subject of this particular podcast. Uh, his re-election campaign, like I told Jake, Literally wrote a whole paper on that. Um, so, I, again, I could talk about this for a really long time. But we're not going to do it. I only have two short bullet points here. Uh, so, basically, McCarthy's going to double down on rooting out communist uh, tactics. And at this point, he's going to start campaigning for actually a lot of other Republicans. Yeah. Um, they're going to win. But, like, people are kind of undecided about whether it was because of McCarthy campaigning for him or whether it was mostly just, like, the movement that was working. Yeah. Um, it, but in this regard, the... The presidency is going to change. It's going to go from Truman, who was a Democrat, to Eisenhower, who was a Republican. Republican, Uh, And you're going to see a a massive shift in wins in Republican positions. Yeah. It's basically going to be kind of like a – what they call like a red wave. Yeah, it happens in in modern politics. It happened in the 2016 election where we had what was considered mm -hmm. a red wave. And if you if you look at U.S. politics enough, and uh, I'm sorry for any viewers who are not finding this political stuff very interesting. I guarantee you we're going to get back to some more dramatic stuff pretty soon. Um, but it's important to just kind of explain the concepts because in American politics, you do have a lot of those waves and they happen pretty frequently. Uh, if you, if you study American politics for any point in, in time, you would know that after the eight years of Obama, we were very likely to get a Republican president. Yeah. It just, it's just kind of like the because of cycle. history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it cycles back and forth, but I, I have to imagine in global politics that probably still happens. Like, I think that's just a human thing. Unless yeah. there's dictatorships where it keeps it in power, but yeah. Most, well, if, most you, democratic... if you're a fucking dictator for life, guess what? But, yeah. There's no conservative there's liberal no, parties. It's just, just me. <laughs> yeah, no, in most democratically elected positions, there will be a conservative wave. And then after that, there will be, like, sort of a more progressive. Because people get tired of those policies and want a change, right? Now, it's weird because people who originally would be super gung-ho about you know, jobs creation against, like, environmental policy, all of a sudden they're going to be maybe more for environmental policy when they realize that your drinking water is contaminated with lead. You know, it, it depends on... Ooh, person shout out to Flint, Michigan. I hope yeah, shout out like, to Flint, Michigan, and every other fucking city I hope, in the I United hope, States. But in all seriousness, I hope everybody in Flint and anybody else with contaminated drinking water is doing okay. Uh, it's a real it problem. Really, I mean, when you have contaminating drinking water, how okay can you be doing? I don't know, man. I... Prayers up for Flint. That's... <laughs> okay. Prayers up for thanks Flint. For your, thanks for your show of support. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Like every school shooting and fucking... That doesn't do anything. Well, I can't enact legislation, so well, I don't... maybe you should. <laughs> maybe I should run for Senate. Oh, God. All right, Ed Miller. Uh, maybe we can give the money back. 
1953, uh, this is where the vindication I'm talking about comes in, where at this point McCarthy's been reelected, and because it worked last time, it worked out so damn well last time accusing oh, yeah. people of things, he's thinking, well, fuck it, I might as well continue. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, in January 3rd, 1953, he's going to be uh, made the chair of the Committee on Government Operations. It's it, it's going to be a position he's going to hold till 1955. Uh, interestingly enough, this is a committee that they thought, hey, we'll put him in this because he can't really do a whole lot. The problem with that is that one of the subcommittees or whatever on the committee was the committee for permanent like investigations or, or, or that was just slight oopsies on their part. That was kind of a mistake. Cause that gave him the power to keep investigating. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so if you ever go into using an investigative power, think about it. If you ever put a radical person into your group, pretend to think about will I be able to accidentally give him power? They fucking did and they screwed that up. Whoops. Uh, Whoopsies. Uh so he's gonna investigate communist infiltration of the government as he as he was before. That sorry, that was the first thing he did. Yeah. First, first big thing: communist infiltration of government. Just in general. What is what is the next perfect next thing you can go ahead and fucking look at? Why not communist infiltration in the military? Yeah. Which. Why don't you piss the general staff off? See the issue with this here, and uh, it's actually pointed out very well in uh, in the again in the article I was reading, it it's from basically picking on what's considered the cultural elite. So essentially picking on what is considered the everyman. The everyman. Because <laughs> anybody can be a soldier, and anybody can technically rise through the army ranks, right? Yeah. Or the, or the military service oh, yeah. ranks. Yeah. And honestly, it's never a good idea to pick on and pick on the military. Like, how many nuclear weapons do you own again? Not <laughs> that many. Yeah. I uh, just in just in general public opinion, it's not good to have yeah, in the military. It never works out well for anybody who decides to go that yeah, route. Yeah, trust me. And there are a soldier lot. Soldier boy, people. I'm looking at you. Yeah, fuck you, soldier boy. Soldier boy literally said, "Fuck the troops for all you guys that didn't yeah. know." And when's the last time you've heard a hit soldier boy song? Um, I know he was trying to sell like backlog oh, fucking gaming was, systems that, that didn't that work. That didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out he's a scam artist. Well. Come at me, motherfucker. What what lawyer do you have? Soldier boys have been in O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Superman that O. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that his defense in court for, like, copyright infringement? He's walking up there like, Soldier boy up in it. Oh, <laughs> Superman. What? Where did the, 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 the justice? Just, like, the fuck? Are you just singing your song? <laughs> Superman that O. Oh. <laughs> getting back at, uh, getting back to the meat of a podcast here. <laughs> Um, what I thought Soldier Boy was the meat of our podcast. So McCarthy's McCarthy's uh, McCarthy's um, hearings were always characterized by aggressive interrogations, and his whole thing was basically trying to take away people's rights. So yeah, as you do, as you do. Um, and uh, okay, excuse me, I did make a factual error. At this point, we are still talking about. We are still talking about persecuting the government in 1953. It so has like State Department government, or is it sort uh, of expanded to just government? Basically, area? government. Oh, good. Go. We, we, we haven't gone to the military yet. You suck like, a dick, government. I'm not done with the government yet. I'm so, not done with the government. Uh, basic, but again, this still applies. So taking away people's civil rights, aggressive interrogations, basically taking people's civil rights away by saying you you will answer these questions because you're compelled to. And they were like no lawyer basically. Or basically, legal yeah. Counsel. And if there was a lawyer, it probably didn't do much good because McCarthy was a fucking D-bag. <laughs> we should get that on a t-shirt. It's just a picture of his face, fucking D-bag. 
I'd buy one. I, anyway, I absolutely would buy and one. If you want to see that shirt, actually, send us an email at yeah. hackshistory101 at gmail.com. <laughs> support us on Patreon. <laughs> or uh, actually shoot us a message on Facebook if we get the Facebook page going. Yeah, whenever Once you I get, get your my fucking finger right Lazy ass though, off the ground. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so 2,000 government employees are going to lose their jobs as a result of these hearings. So 2,000. Yeah. A lot of people. Uh, despite lack of proof, lack of real proof. Yeah. So that's a real issue. Oh, uh, and on a personal note, McCarthy's gonna get married this year. Hey. 1953. Hey. Jean Kerr. God no. <laughs> that poor woman. Uh, yeah. So McCarthy gets married in 1953 to a lady named Jean Kerr. Uh, and that's basically the summary of that part of 1953. Uh, so now we're gonna get to the two facets that basically revolved around the demise of Senator McCarthy. This is his fall, yeah. The first one is gonna be part of what's called the Lavender Scare. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So honestly, Lavender. Yeah, okay. And this is where, like, if I was someone who was homosexual, I'd be a little pissed at the lavender scare. Scare. There are plenty of homosexual people that are not the stereotypes the that the rab- that the media likes to. Portray I would love as. it to be like the like <laughs> just let it let it be like a more modern version, like whips, chains, and leather scare. Well, or why like, can't it just be the? I don't know. Don't call it lavender. Why do you call it the rainbow scare? <laughs> Just call it the homosexual scare. Oh, that, that would have been. Like that's a, what it was. <laughs> you know they would have called it the queer scare. Just because it's the. They would have fucking the, done that. Because right. it's the fifties. We know they would do it. But not fucking lavender. Lavender is just. It's so. It's literally insulting. It's like what? What cool name? Red scare. Scary. Think of communism. Red I'm gonna, like blood. I'm gonna go lavender ahead. scare. I'm gonna go ahead and amend that. I'm not homosexual, but I'm still pissed off by Dude, that. Name. I would be pissed if I wasn't homosexual, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not either, but my god, that name. God, that's irritating. It really oh. is. Fuck. So, um, persecution of homosexuals is going to basically be the, the name of the game here. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of the same tactics we've heard about from persecuting for communism, it's going to be hearings, it's going to be essentially trying to root people out, saying, you're gay, even if there's... <laughs> you sound like a middle schooler. You're gay. Well, that's the terms they would have used back then. Are you... No homo. <laughs> Well, essentially, this is what's going on here on a much larger basis. And it's going to have some pretty... <laughs> I'm sorry for the homosexual community. That it's was gonna, a joke. It's going to have some pretty disastrous uh, results. Um, uh, there's a senator by the name... He's from Wyoming. Yep, he was from Wyoming. He's a Democratic senator. His name is Lester C. Hunt. Uh, and his son uh, is going to... So, almost his, read his, his name wrong. His son is going to get caught uh, doing some homosexual things, which yeah. at this time was illegal. Um, and it would gonna, literally be illegal until I think like the 1970s. Yeah, it's, or it's not good. Yeah, he, it's, it's no good. He's going to be convicted of homosexual. His son is convicted of homosexual acts, uh, and uh, he's sentenced on October 6, 1953. I believe that's when he was sentenced. I think he was convicted that day. Uh, it was convicted um, there, yeah, and somewhere between 53 and 54. Yeah. So, okay, and then, but in, on April 15, 1954, Hunt is going to say, I'm still going to run again, you know, I'm going to seek re election. Yeah. Uh, and then Joseph McCarthy and a few other Republican senators basically threaten him and say, listen, if you run for re-election, we're going to put this, we're going to, like, make this go on blast and everyone's going to know and we're going to tarnish the shit oh, out so of your reputation. Oh, so basically they literally tried to blackmail him. That's they tried to blackmail him and then he commits suicide on June 19, 1954. Uh, and this is going to take a massive stab at McCarthy's reputation because obviously well, fucking yeah, well, having, having been involved in this uh, it's going to and be, probably instigating it to some point I'm, I'm sure it, yeah. it's going to be a massive black mark on his resume and it's going to be the first of two things that's why really is that turn the first black opinion. mark on his resume when he's been lying since he started well it turns out when people are really scared 
if you act if you act like really confident, you can tell them lies, and they'll probably believe you because they want to believe something. Yeah. You sound like a good politician. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that. I'm free college. <laughs> I'm not saying that if, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying anybody should do that. I'm just saying it's been time tested and it's true. It's been that, tried and true. That yeah, that works. shit works. It does work. It's really sad, but it works. Yeah. Hitler did it. Stalin maybe did it. Stalin did it too. Literally. It, Every dictator has done it. It fucking works. Okay. It just works. A- anyway, um, so uh, that's sort of the end of the lavender scare conversation. There's a lot more out there about that. We're just briefly touching the surface. Um, but if you want to look that up, definitely a lot more information about that out there. I definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, but a final nail in the coffin for McCarthy is going to be when he goes after the United States Army. Because why wouldn't you after we kicked the Nazis and the um, Japanese? And these hearings are actually going to be televised across the country. Uh, the oh, the yeah. Army McCarthy hearings were televised. So if you want to go check out literal video footage from that, I guarantee there's stuff on YouTube and, and oh, absolutely. other places out there with it. Uh, so he's going to infiltrate communist infiltration, allegedly, into the armed services. Uh, the difference between... So the, the difference really here is, again, to point out... He's shifting his focus between people that people consider government elites, basically saying stick it to the like, government. Sort of like the cushy job, sort versus, of office chair kind of people. Yeah. Versus people who are literally in the fucking army. Literally. So people who've literally fought in World War II, who are considered like the most virile badasses in the United States. Yeah, yeah because that doesn't fucking work. So it's not going to work out well for him. Support's going to falter. Uh, the army's going to strike back. They're going to actually point out that <laughs> McCarthy tried to get preferential treatment for his aides when they were drafted. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, and then he's also going to he's gonna look really bad on these series because he's going to do the same shit he has been doing, where he's going to try to intimidate the witnesses, and he's going to be really evasive. And when the- you fucking realize that the army doesn't spook as easily as somebody in the State Department? <laughs> it's not going to work out well for you. Uh, he's going to have... And then he's going to have you... <laughs> There's one big quote uh, that's actually said by the Chief Army Council. Uh, the Chief Army Council literally says to Joseph McCarthy, Have you no sense of decency, sir? <laughs> Roasted! Uh, which, I'll admit, does not sound like much by our terms, but that was a big fucking roast. Oh, yeah. Whoa! Holy shit! Oh, shit! Like the whole back part of the investigation committee just loses their minds like a World Star video. <laughs> uh, World Star! <laughs> But uh, after that, the Senate is going to censure him, which essentially means that they're going to say that we're condemning basically all of this guy's actions. Uh, They're going to censor him for inexcusable, reprehensible, vulgar, and insulting conduct and for unbecoming of a senator. So that's a bunch of terms for saying this guy's a massive asshole. And the thing, sh- the thing, and you're done. You're done. Oh. Yeah, we didn't say shit about this before, but we really should have. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's oh, gonna geez. he's gonna die on May second, nineteen fifty seven, in Walter Reed Medical Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah, good old Walter Reed. Uh, his death and certificate said that his list of his cause of death was hepatitis, acute cause unknown. unknown. What does that mean? I don't know. But uh, but then uh, basically there's other reports out there that he basically died of alcoholism or. Uh, that actually sounds kind of accurate. of the liver, uh, which is basically what most people, like, bio- biographers and researchers are saying now, which, honestly, he did turn to drinking pretty massively. After once, or once, during? Once shit went crazy, like, shit. I have a feeling he was probably a pretty heavy drinker before that, but after, like, the army hearings and shit like that, yeah, it when got everything to, went to a shit, yeah. really bad extent. 
Uh, interestingly enough, he's going to end up being replaced by Edward William Proxmire. Who's, That's a great last who's name. Who's going to be the longest-serving senator in... Uh, Tinkerberg. <laughs> he's going to be the longest-serving senator in Wisconsin history. He's going to serve all the way from 1957 to 1989. Holy shit! Uh... <laughs> Uh, and this guy's actually... Damn, son. And the really kind of hilarious part is this guy's actually a Democrat. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so that's the interesting fact about the guy who was replacing McCarthy. Uh, so we got some misconceptions that I'll cover quick hey, before we go to quotes. Uh, but really quick before we get to misconceptions, uh, my view on Joseph McCarthy is this is a man who essentially did not really care much for ideals. Essentially, or facts. Well, I think that essentially what this guy did was... And, very similar to my opinion on Trump. I'm going to be really straightforward. Uh, I think what this guy does is he essentially basically figures out whatever people want to hear, whether it's truthful or not. And, just and that's what he's going on. Drives on it, yeah. Because if you look at back to what he did with his district attorney run, you know, okay, this guy's viewed as an old guy that doesn't get anything done. Perfect. I'm going to make him six years old, or like nine years old, and where he's supposed to be. Shout out to that Boom. hand slam who's probably going to contaminate the audio for that bit. I, I love it. And But but basically, you know, he's lying throughout his whole career. Yeah, he is. These he's people basically, are communists. They're basically not, like, but it's going to give me more power. He's basically like a, well, I was going to say, he's kind of like a salesman in that he's trying to sell to you his general feeling, which is that I can use whatever platform I want as long as I know what they're doing, I can just lie. And that's all he needed to do. Well, the evil must have ate him up inside, because this man only lived to be 48 years old. Or the alcoholism, but yeah. Something ate him up. So, but, well, I'm pretty sure it's the cirrhosis of the liver that ate him. <laughs> oh, the other interesting fact about him, his, him and his wife adopted a baby like three months before he died. Oh, I feel bad for that kid. He does have a kid, though, and I believe uh, the kid's still alive. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, really sad. I wouldn't blame that kid, to be honest. He didn't know. Uh, it was a she, actually. Oh, sorry. Sorry, uh, I'm a sexist, all right. Here we go, misconceptions. I guess. You're not a sexist. Misconceptions. Joseph McCarthy was gay. <laughs> all right. Uh, in 1952, using rumors collected by Pearson, Nevada publisher Hank Greenspan wrote that McCarthy was a homosexual. The major journalistic media refused to print the story, and no notable McCarthy biographer has accepted that rumor as probable. To, 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 in, the, in 1953, McCarthy married Jean Fraser Kerr, a researcher's office, uh, and in January 1957, McCarthy and the wife adopted a baby girl, whom they named Tierney Elizabeth McCarthy. Oh, my goodness. That's that's a mouthful of a name. So, um, yeah, so there's one. Uh, McCarthy definitely wasn't gay, but that just thought that rumor was pretty hilarious. They probably, yeah, they probably just did that as sort of like the uh, the old like Hitler was Jewish one, where there's like just to bring him down a notch. Some of these aren't actual misconceptions. Some of these are just inter- interesting facts. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy had a personal personal altercation with the press <laughs> in 1950. In 1950, McCarthy assaulted journalist Drew Pearson in the cloakroom of a Washington club, reportedly kneeing him in the groin. I'm sorry. McCarthy this sounds like someone who was sl- maybe. Like he met a, a, a journalist in the cloakroom of a club, and then apparently kneed him in well, the groin. The, the interesting point of this is Drew Pearson is the guy who was McCarthy was obviously pissed at this man because he was the guy who said McCarthy was gay. He was the, <laughs> he was the source of the rumors for that story on top. So Let McCarthy, me meet you. <laughs> so McCarthy meets him in the cloakroom. What is like took the and same he, route as George Michael in a park bathroom? And he knees him in the groin, and apparently McCarthy has made to this all, but he says he just slapped him. <laughs> So just that doesn't it. make it any less weird. Oh, and this is where shit gets really fun. Oh my god. Is, don't read it yet. I don't oh. want you to read this. I want I'm you to not reading it. Find I'm this one out and organically. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> McCarthy and the Kennedys were friends. Oh my god. <laughs> McCarthy established a bond with the powerful Kennedy family, which had high visibility among Catholics. McCarthy, the became, eyes do. McCarthy became a close friend of Joseph P. Kennedy Sr., oh, no. himself a fervent anti-communist. Oh, no. And then he was also a frequent guest at the Kennedy's compound in Hyannisport, Massachusetts. He dated two of Kennedy's daughters, Patricia and Eurice. Eunice. Eunice. It has been stated that McCarthy was a godfather to Robert F. Kennedy's first child, oh, no. Kathleen Kennedy. The claim has been acknowledged by Robert's wife and Kathleen's mother, Ethel, though Catholic, Kathleen later claimed that she... Kathleen's mother, Ethel. Kathleen later claimed that she looked at her <laughs> Christian certificate and that her actual godfather was Mar- Manhattanville College of the Sacred Heart professor Daniel Walsh. Unlike many Democrats, John F. Kennedy, who served in the Senate with McCarthy from 1953 until, his, until the latter's death in 1957, never attacked McCarthy. McCarthy had refused to campaign for Kennedy's 1952 opponent, Republican... In- Republican incumbent Henry Cabot Lodge Jr. due to a friendship with the Kennedys. I make I love if somebody then takes that and goes, I know why the Kennedys were killed. They were friends with Joe McCarthy. <laughs> it was it was like a it was like a suicide pact. Yeah, I was like Robert I was actually John. shocked by that one. I had no idea. That, that one that. does surprise me, but I'm not exactly surprised because the Kennedys were friends with fucking everybody. And the yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure I saved that one for last. But the last one I have is McCarthy was recalled. Uh, there was actually an attempt to recall Joseph McCarthy. It was called the Joe Must Go Recall Attempt. Hey. <laughs> uh, on March 18, 1954, South Prairie Star editor Leroy Gore of South City, Wisconsin, urged the recall of McCarthy in a front-page editorial that ran alongside a sample, sample petition that had readers could fill out and mail to the newspaper. A Republican and former McCarthy supporter, Gore, cited the senator with sub- subverting President Eisenhower's authority just... Disrespecting. Dis- I don't know why that word was so difficult. <laughs> Disrespecting Wisconsin's own governor, Ralph Wise Zwicker, and ignoring the plight of Wisconsin dairy farmers faced with price-slashing surpluses. Oh, nice. So, Joseph McCarthy, awful fucking guy. Yeah. I hope anybody that was listening to this... He's a real bro, but not, not the bro you want to hang out with. I just want to, before you get to the quotes, I just want to, on behalf of everybody from Wisconsin, we're sorry... Everybody, or sorry, a okay, no, that's more Canadian. I'm, I mean this just genuinely. I am sorry this man I'm came to my sorry too. came from the state. I'm very we're sorry. We're nice people. We really are. We don't hate communists. In fact, if anything, me and Lucas know few communists in the university system now. That's okay. Hey, it's America. Yeah, this is America. Yeah. All right, don't catch you skipping them. <laughs> or whatever. Shout out Childish Gambino, Donald. <laughs> what the fuck? Blah, 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 blah. Shout out Taylor, Donald Glover. <laughs> Anal, what the fuck? Donald Glover. All right. All right. Anyway. Quotes. Uh, so most of the quotes here that I have here come from famouspeople.com, yourdictionary.com, and AZ quotes. So there wasn't really a list of like super extremely like, oh my god, these are fucking insane. No, no. These are rather interesting but i think in a sort of slightly ironic way let's start with number one mccarthyism is americanism with its sleeves rolled so the racist part of america pretty much <laughs> right under the plate this one was a speech in wisconsin 1952 in richard rover's senator joe mccarthy i was basically just stating the um quote or the uh stars yes i got you all right Words are hard today. Words are difficult. It's humid outside. It rained like a bitch for the first part of the morning here. So, yeah. Anyway, number two. And I'm going to have to explain this one because it's a little bit of deep diving. 
An interviewer asked me what book I thought best represented the modern American woman. All I could think of to answer was Madame Bovary. Uh, the book Madame Bovary, real quickly, was basically created in 1856. The story basically talks about her being wronged by her original adulterous husband and engages in trying to reala realize her anticipated life of adventure by engaging in her own adulterous behavior and, like... So basically, he was basically saying that the modern American housewife is akin to like a skank, I think is what he was trying to get at. What the? I know, it was weird. Number three, I like this one, and some people may know this one. It looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck. You want to know what he's meaning this one for? <laughs> he's, he's, this is, kind of. This is him on suggested method of identifying a communist. <laughs> it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. I would have thought at that moment he'd had, like, a stroke or gone senile. Like, what the fuck? Does it run like a deer? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he's right! <laughs> he poked a hole. <laughs> Alright, number four. Does it have feathers? Jesus. Number four. <laughs> it's like a 20 questions. Is it a mineral? <laughs> number four. While I cannot take the time to name all the men in the State Department who have been named as members of the Communist Party and members of a spy ring... I have here in my hand a list of 205 that were known to the Secretary of State as being... That's bullshit. Shut up, just give me a second. For being members of the Communist Party and who nevertheless are working in shaping the policy of the State Department. Okay, let's break that one that down. Was the While goal. I cannot take the time to name all the men in the State Department who can, are working... Can I have to pause for a second? Yes. That's complete bullshit. That's like, I have a whole list here and I'd love to read it to you, but we just don't have so the it's, time. So it's effectively the 1950s equivalent of, the sources are telling me, the great sources, I don't know what the sources say, but they're there. It's like, what the fuck, just, man? I love it. I have a whole list here. I could read it to you. But we just don't have the time. We don't have the time. No, we've got the shine. Fucking read us the list. Our job as Americans and as Republicans is to dislodge the traitors from every place where they've been sent to do their traitorous work. That one I couldn't so get a source on. Dislodge the traitors. Dislodge the traitors, yep. Because if you want to sound like a fucking whack job, there you go. Number six. Any man who has been given the honor of being promoted to general and who says, I will protect another general who protects communists is not fit to wear that uniform. General. <laughs> That was basically him talking to General Randolph Zwicker during the army investigation. The the literal thing that fucked him in the ass. So basically what he said is, if you're a general who protects other generals that are communists, you shouldn't be a fucking general. Yeah, that's basically where he's going with that. And Zwicker said, what the fuck? <laughs> no. What? I mean, ah. This is my favorite one. This is my last one here. Today we are engaged in a final all-out battle between communist atheism and Christianity. God, you scream that Speech in Wheeling, West Virginia, February 9th, uh, 1950. McCarthy. Hey, hey. I feel, I feel like I just uh, got like a scourge on me now from researching this man for... What do you mean, a scourge on you? You're the one who decided to do it. Maybe I'm a commie. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Maybe there's communism inside me. Do I need to interrogate me? <laughs> Just go in the back room and start punching yourself. Where are they? <laughs> you did this to me, Joe. Where are you, Joe? Where's Tailgunner Joe? Why can't I quit you? Um, oh, no. Before we finish, quick shout out to History.com and Wikipedia for being great sources for some information out there. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I please don't sue me because I did take some direct passages because... I don't have time to rewrite everything. Hey, you're 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 attributing them. They're not going to be able to sue you. 
It's fine. <laughs> Always good. Always uh, good. <laughs> All of a sudden, just History Channel comes in with the gator people and fucking everything. <laughs> Boy, what the fuck is this about using our words? <laughs> Why do you use our words? Bro? Why do you have an alligator? <laughs> and you know what? I think because we teased it already, Jake. You know what I think we should do next? What we should do? I think we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the life of Tricky Dick. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Nixon. I will research that one then. Coming out next week. Here we go. Uh, enjoy that. We'll get everybody prepped for that. Good I'm old tri- tricky dicker. And I think after that we're gonna take a weird swing and that'll be another one of my researches. I think we're gonna go to ancient history and take a look at Gilgamesh. Hey. So if you haven't read the Epic of Gilgamesh yet, I, you got a couple weeks to do it because it's gonna be a while before we get there. You go, but and uh, just a quick reminder for those of you who do actually have it, as you know, it repeats a hell of a lot because it's meant as sort of like a poem. So you can read every other line, and I'm pretty sure you'll still get most of the same story. You know what? It's not that long. I think people should read the whole fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, they can. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think they should read the whole thing. If you're gonna read it, you might as well read it. If you're not gonna read it, then it's okay. But you know what? But Lucas will come to your house and belittle you. No, no, no. And I will. will yes, you. <laughs> I'll take partial readers too. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take some of you bitches, but not all of you. Sound, but not all. I get people. God. All right. Well, this is. Uh, it's been great, everybody. Thanks for taking a listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Hit us up on Facebook or on Gmail. Thank you. Hey.